0: Welcome to the Mad Trio Podcast. This week we have the California Pariah, Jonathan Charney, James, the Fat Man, Stevens, and we're going to have a special guest host coming up a little later in the program. Um, Wow, I sound a little hot in the mix. So, the strange and stinky mystery behind Russia and the sweetest tension of the 1980s. Can you guess what it is, James? Say that again? This is the headline. It says, The Strange and Stinky Mystery Behind the Russian-Sweden Tensions in the 1980s.
1: I have no idea. Um,
0: surveillance of a Soviet submarine in a Swedish prime minister, a secret room, a Russian president, and herring farts. These are elements of a detective story that unfolded between Russia and Sweden in the 1980s to 1990s. And who knew how it would have ended if scientists had not discovered the stinky truth at the heart of the mystery, so herring so
1: it farts. It was herring.
0: Yeah, and and for once, it really was a red herring. Oh, hold on, I, that that deserves something. Let me uh, let me get the correct sound effect in it because I didn't bring it up. Where are you? Aha, there. I feel better at that.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> so let's okay, see. Okay. Um. Now was it, like, you said in a submarine. Yeah, so apparently, you no, know... This is what I'm confused about. Like, what was the tension here?
0: You know, because Russia, especially during the height of the Cold War, you know, they would run so, uh, their so, the Soviet submarines near bases and as close as they can, and sometimes in territorial waters. You know, we do the same yeah, thing. But,
1: so, yeah, I understand that, but, like, they could smell the red herring? Apparently what it was is it was setting off
0: sonar. I'm trying to find exact... The smell? It was the sound.
1: Oh, the sound of the rip. Okay. So okay, okay.
0: So today, the whole the headline is not really helpful, but it's hilarious. Today, the whole affair is a little more than a dramatic curiosity. But in the 1980s, the story had potential to bring about another Cold War. At the time, the Swedish Royal Navy was shocked by the insolence and agility of Soviet submarines and was certain that the elusive Soviet mini-boats had been circling a military base on the Swedish coast for the last decade. Interesting. So, let's see. So, this is actually apparently a TED Talk. I'm going to have to listen to it, and it's a pretty... So, the navy actually established a standard for reading farts coming from various animals—whales, seals, walruses, etc. But here, the, here the issue was just that no one had suspected the herring was capable of passing gas at such volume. Wahlberg yeah, won that's the interesting. Wahlberg won the L.G. Nobel Prize in Biology, a parody of the Nobel Prize for his discovery. The prize is awarded for honorary achievement that first makes people laugh and then makes them think. That's I'm going to have to look up. I've never heard of that. The L the LG Nobel prize.
1: Yeah. Oh, what
0: the hell? <laughs> yeah, I was all right. Yeah. I, I ran into that the other day and I was like, that's, um, that's hilarious. First of all, because we've had two yeah. stories about people, you know, from cow flatulence and somebody dying from a
1: cow, um, well, I mean, there's the old, uh, um, what was it, the Darwin Award of the, now, I never, you know, it was like the beginnings of the internet, so you can never really verify that one. But there was one where a guy died from a, from a cow femur that exploded from a fart. <laughs> and the femur bone snapped off and hit the guy and killed him. Uh, that's one of the, it was a Darwin Award story. And it's like one of those <gasps> that it's like. I want to go look it up and like, see if it's actually true. And recently I came across a meme of, and it's a headline and I was looking it up and all I could find that were, uh, that basically corroborated the headline actually existed were the, those stupid spam sites. And what it was is, a. uh, a woman being raped was saved by a rapist who ended up being a gay rapist and he raped the rapist who was trying to rape her.
0: <laughs> this sounds like a Tarantino plot
1: line. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, that's, that's pretty funny, <laughs> but it's one of those, like, it's so far out there that it could very well be true.
0: It sounds too stupid not it's to be one true. one of those
1: that it's like did it really happen? And all of the Google searches I came across had it as the headline being a meme, you know, where basically I could come across and then the other ones were just those sites that are, that are just so ad laden that you're not sure if they're legitimate sites or just, you know, spam sites. Cause that's basically what I think of them are, you know, I'm sure you've been to them a few times when you try to like click on something to read an article and it comes up to, become a spam site and you're just like I can't I can't I can't stand this
0: that's what they have a lot on Facebook and tw- and all these social media sites where they they it's a story that's somewhat interesting and you click on it and usually for me it's when you're scrolling up something pops up
1: you you click yeah. close it <clears throat> and the, then another one comes up and another one comes up and you're just like okay I'm done
0: the best things if you actually read the comment on all those everybody always answers gives you all the interesting bit tidbits so you'd have to actually yeah, read the articles but I
1: couldn't find any of those
0: there Oh was, damn
1: yeah, so I was just kind of trying to figure it out on my own, and I'm like, okay, this is just really getting on my nerves now, and I'm just done. Well, that's actually Although one of it was true, but you know,
0: that's actually one of my problems with a lot of these. Um, <coughs> was it the Darwin Awards? I mean, I never know if they're true or not because I, there's never any articles attached to them. I mean, you could see yep. them being true, like there's that one where these people killed themselves by. Banging on a, a, a tall boy bomb back in the day and then somehow exploded. And there's the other one where the guy was holding on to a shotgun. His wife was in the car and he was beating on the windshield and his finger yeah. hit the trigger. I never have any proof of any of that. So it's always kind of like, well, it's a funny story, but there's got to be more morbidity behind it because it just, it's, it's, it's always the flash, but never, never the steak. It's always the sizzle, yeah.
1: not the steak. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on it. It's like I would like to know if that was true, but it's like I when I try to search it and try to find something on it, all I come across is more BS and more spam. And it's like I, I just don't have patience for that anymore.
0: Yeah, nowadays there's so like, much I tried. You know, it'd probably be easier to look for like 10 years ago, but now there's so much shit on the internet that it's so no. it's always too hard to actually find things out. Um. So do you know there's Hobo hieroglyphs? Yes, I did. So this is a popular mechanics article. and I've run across this before, but I've never actually seen any pictures of it. So if you type in Hobo hierog- uh, hieroglyphs and, and popular mechanics, but it's interesting like talking about talking about it because it says you can camp here, well-guarded house, kind lady. and these are all like hastily scribbled yeah. symbols that actually mean something. Yeah, like religious talk gets free meal.
1: Yeah, I,
0: I, I always thought something had to be some of that had to be real because you always hear how some of these um, scam artists will mark somebody's fence or they'll mark something. So somebody knows, hey, this is a good, this is a good person to <clears throat> that'll, you know, that'll fall for a scam.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so you just figured this out? I, I've I've known about
0: it for a while, but this is the first time I've seen any pictures of them, though, because it's something I've always read in passing. But this this article actually has a, some pictures of it.
1: You can generally find them like towards like railroad tracks and um, and kind of more desolate areas. You'll find um, you'll find those types of things.
0: That actually makes a lot of sense. I could see that. I could see it being harder in, in modern days, since it seems like back in the day Hobo was... A, I don't know, my image of Hobo is not like the homeless you have now. you know, I mean maybe they were, but the Hobos the, the romantic picture of Hobos is a fairly clean individual who you know, possibly dirty. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, like I told you to introduce you in the middle of our conversation, to the guest host. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Matt Brewer from The Masters of Unlocking. I, you know, hold on. Can you redo that? I, uh, I, I apparently didn't switch you on Bluetooth. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so reintroduce yourself, please. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Hey guys, it's Matt. I'm from Texas. I'm in a band. I'm on this thing and I had a long day at work. So my brain is stupid right now.
0: Hey, perfect. Cause we all do this after show? work. Well, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we were just talking about hobo hieroglyphs. And the previous one about that as how herring farts almost started a war between Russia and um, Sweden.
2: Holy crap, I did not know that. That's (laughs) really interesting.
0: (laughs) I I found that on a Facebook page called Interesting SHT, so I I thought it was interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is the one that I wanted to talk to James about. Here's the headline. U.S. government issues bear advice. Friends don't let friends get eaten. What? <laughs> And this is by TheGuardian.com. There are a few potential reactions to being attacked by a bear. Stand your ground, attempt to scare off, run away, or perhaps curl up into a fetal position and hope for the best. The U.S. government has now officially advised against the more cowardly option of pushing a slower friend to save yourself. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a joke has just been acknowledged by the U.S. government. The National Park Service has warned against sacrificing another person in an irate bear attack, even if you think friendship has run its course. And a rather informal set of recommendations posted on Facebook.
2: <laughs> wow. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> this, this, is, this is the first time I've ever heard the government acknowledge that joke because it's an old joke. Basically, if you don't know it is how do you what, what is it? It's like how do you run from a bear? Do You shoot your friend in the leg, you know, type of thing.
2: Something yeah. like that. I, the one, the one that I know, it's just like, it's like, you don't have to be the fastest. You only just have to be faster than the slower person. That's it. <laughs> so, or something
0: like that. Yeah. Um, you guys got to find it. It's just, it's a hilarious article and it's taken really serious, which is probably why it's so hilarious. Cause I've never, the fact the U S government is acknowledging that is great.
1: You know, um, so I came across this meme uh, and it was about um, it was about a gun and it was this little tiny gun and the guy's like oh this is one of my favorite guns I've got the fondest memory of it of where you know I was being chased by a bear and it only took one shot to my girlfriend's leg for me to be able to escape at a slow pace. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like that was a pretty good review and it was like one of those I'm like I really hope that actually didn't happen, but that's actually pretty damn funny. Cause it was like a, it was like a little tiny, like I think it was like a 22 caliber pistol or something like that. It was a small, I think it was a 25 caliber. Actually, it was a small caliber, but it was like one of those, you are like I would definitely not use that in a bear attack, but in that situation, I can see it being helpful.
0: I, I was <laughs> going to say there's a few politicians that I've, uh, I've had the misfortune of voting for over the years. I wonder if they want to go for a nature hike. <laughs> Um. So yeah. I have some. Oops. So I have some kind of sad. Oh, well, it is sad news if you're uh, a fan of animation. X Men animated series Magneto actor David Hemblin dies at age 79, and a gentleman by Kirby Morrow passed away. He's he's done a ton of animation. Uh, the one of the characters in Inuasha in uh, in Inyasha. How have you say that? passed away so if you're an animation nut you've heard these guys so I just want to give a shout out to fellow crazies Uh, I've
1: heard the name of those but I don't know the name of the people
0: yeah I actually know Kirby Morrow I know his name I couldn't exactly I've seen his name on things and I just can't place the other things he's been in
2: Um, honestly the biggest thing western audiences are going to know him from animation wise is he played Goku in Dragon Ball Z when it first aired in the
1: states
0: that thank you it's like that's why I know his name (laughs) It's like I, I, I can't figure out why I, I know it, but I do, if you've watched enough um, animation, a lot of this stuff actually, you know, a lot of the names kind of make sense or, you know, they pop out to you. So apparently the gov- uh, people have just discovered why Baptist food is amazing. The origins of the mystery uh, green bean casserole. And the only reason I thought this was funny is how on, on the Reddit and uh, the Twitter link, everybody was saying how amazing it is. It's like, y'all have never been in a potluck? I mean, it's everything's a version of green bean casserole.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I don't like green bean casserole. I mean, it's been decent a couple times in my existence, but it's not like something I'm like, ooh, that yeah, there's green bean casserole. I, if I'm going to make green beans, I prefer to do fresh and not this shit where you're just going to dump it in a casserole dish and bake it
0: I think it's really good you know for canned stuff but if you're I I would rather not use um fresh green beans because I I actually think that's a crime
1: well I'm not going to make it I'm not going to make a damn casserole that's what I'm saying (laughs) this I want them fresh where I'm going to be you know cooking them in butter jalapenos bacon you know shit like that Instead of t- dumping it in a whole freaking casserole dish and doing it, I, I per- personally don't <laughs> like canned shit, anyways. But that's I, my thing. I
0: use I if I use canned stuff for some stuff because I think some dish some dishes lend it to it, especially if it's going to be mixed, because um, it's cheaper. But I like fresh stuff a lot more. Yeah. And I wanted to give a shout out to Matt, who was just in was it virtual VGM feast or fest. And, yeah, and, yeah,
2: virtual VGM
0: fest. Yeah. And he was on that November 14th. So if you want to talk about a little bit for a little bit of a free plug.
2: Oh yeah, sure. I guess so. So, um, so honestly this is, that was, oh gosh, how many of these have there been? So the first one there was, there's been a bunch of virtual VGM fest starting in March when all the, this, when the coof really got going, I hate it. Um, And so basically it was just this dude in Canada who was like, I want to get a bunch of nerdy musicians together and do essentially a music festival. And it started, it was us and five other artists and it ballooned into this thing from what last weekend or the weekend before last, I don't know what day it is. So it was the 14th, the 14th. So yeah, last, last Saturday where we went from six artists to 34 artists over a three day period. Um, and so some people were given more time than others. Mostly it was people who'd never, never played before, which is awesome. But we were given 30 minutes to do stuff and yeah, we played four songs because we're one of those bands where we can do a lot of music and <laughs> we're like, this is going to be short. No, it's going to be nine and a half minutes long, stupid. So.
1: Hey,
0: that's yeah. half, that's most of Metallica's early albums. is just really long stuff. So. Long songs, long songs are good. I prefer long songs over usually like the radio friendly stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I like, I like, I, I measure distance out in Texas by like how long I have to listen to an album for. And if I can get to San Antonio by listening to an album, I'm going to be very happy about that.
0: I was going to say, you, have you tried like measuring them in Neil Pert drum solos?
2: I mean, usually. Yeah. If, if I know that, honestly, like when I go to San Antonio in January, there's a big, big nerd con that happens out there. My buddy and I were driving. I'm like, all right, put on this one rush record and it <laughs> should be good by the time we should be done by the time we get there.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So everybody's wondered, at least some people, I've always wondered about this. Everybody hears about how big rock stars took drugs back in the day, 70s, 80s, etc. There was one rock star I never cared about. Rod Stewart. Apparently, mm-hmm. he uh, pursed all his cocaine, he took it anally, which would just surprise me considering how I've never liked his voice, it always sounds horrible to me. So, that the
1: yeah, scene, I, I yeah, I believe him because I, yeah, I, I saw that article too. Because
0: if somebody told me that he, he smoked crack out of the back end of like a 57 Buick tailbait gate, I would have been oh, okay, his voice is kind of raspy, I can understand it but it says in the article that he did it to save a singing voice. And I was like, you're, you're, uh, you're not exactly a tenor there, dude. I, I don't quite understand why you think it's going to make your voice any worse. But of course I'm not a Rod Stewart fan. I've known a lot of older women who would swoon.
1: Over Rod um, Stewart. No, no,
0: no. Yeah. All
1: it right. makes, <clears throat>
2: it makes sense. Kind of. <laughs> I mean, you get the same, honestly, you get the same exact high,
0: so. So, I I saw a t-shirt. This is just going to be me reading some certain websites and other things I've saved. This is kind of the grab bag of bullshit. I did see a funny t-shirt online that I thought was hilarious. It says, what if Zelda was a girl? Yep.
1: Oh, yeah, that's a classic. Zelda's not a girl?
0: No, Zelda is the princess. Link. Oh yeah, you're right. Zelda's a girl. I'm tired, obviously. Incredible.
1: I was like, wait a minute. I was,
0: yeah, I. John, are we
1: gonna have to sit down and have a talk? Because I mean, I think so. I think he's uh, getting. <laughs> well, I guess he's assuming Zelda's. You know,
0: the, what, what gender. was what is was that, the old,
1: okay nowadays?
0: <laughs> what is the old song? They're coming to take me away. Ha ha! They're coming to take uh-huh. me away. Ho ho! Oh yes. Which apparently that song was banned in a couple of states. Couldn't imagine why. Talk about grabbing people (laughs) and taking them away in mental institutions. So does anybody have a a story? I mean, I'm kind of running out of my grab bag of bullshit just because, you know, once in a while I like to empty all my random crap. Oh, so I just saw this. Pat Quinn, the co-founder of the ACL ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, passed away on Sunday due to but due to his efforts and the efforts of millions of others, over $115 million dollars were raised to find a cure for ALS otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease. I did not know that that was an awesome challenge that actually raised a shit ton of money.
2: Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Lou Gehrig can kind of fuck off and die in the sun. I hate it. I can curse on this, right? (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Have, have, have,
0: Have you fucking listened to any of our episodes?
2: Oh yeah, no. I just, I've, I've had that. I, I'm in that, uh, like, oh no. Can I say this? Because I'm, I'm, I'm on phones for my day job, so I gotta be careful with what I say. So.
0: Well, yeah, you it's can. Always- you can say whatever you want as long as it's not, you know, I don't know, a, a racist slur. That's that's about. Okay, I
2: can, I can do that.
0: That's fine. A, a friend um, of mine actually had a comment when she listened to it. Her comment was, "You cuss." It's like, um, yes. And her comment was. Oh, I, I, I'm glad. I was kind of worried that you didn't cuss. It's Like, okay, <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, no, the yeah, the ALS thing is good because that disease is terrible and it needs to die in a fire.
0: Um, yeah. man, I, I keep. <laughs> I keep hoping to find good stuff, but everything I'm scrolling by everything I've seen the last week since our last episode has everything's have been about Trump or COVID finding good news is like, or something hilarious is hard to find. One of the reasons the last couple episodes have either been talked about cow farts or apparently fish farts. So you guys know any good Uh, fish fart stories?
1: I don't Uh, care about fish farts to make stories. Um, but what I was going to say is, so have you watched the Animaniacs yet, John?
0: Um, I haven't had a chance. I've been hearing good things and bad things about them, but I haven't had been able to judge it by my uh, to myself.
1: So I actually started it today and I've got like about three episodes in. But it's not bad, but I mean, it's not. I don't know. It's not quite what I was expecting but you know the thing I gotta appreciate on the first few episodes I watched was they make fun of the fact that they're back that's what they thats what most of the jokes in the first couple episodes are about is the fact that Hollywood has absolutely lost all ideas which we've been saying for at least a decade and that because they're out of ideas they're just gonna reboot every damn thing including the Animaniacs because they suck as writers in Hollywood and they have no fresh ideas.
0: (coughs) I know everything I've seen. (laughs) The review I saw about it says plenty of nineties nostalgia, but not as good as the nineties itself or something like that is. So, but it's so, (sighs) so it's just, it's not good, not bad. Just meh from what you've seen
1: so far. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Pinky and the Brain are back, which is, of course, amusing. But, you know, it's still the fact that, you know, it's – it's not like I have anything bad to say about it, but it's not like I'm raving and telling everyone to go after it, you know, because I – I mean, it's not like – it's terrible writing or anything like that. It's just kind of like, yeah, you, like you said, it's kind of more meh. So it's not blowing me away, but it's not also being like, I just can't stand this, you know?
0: So I guess the biggest question, would you enjoy it if it was on when we were kids, when it was first on? Cause I've noticed some stuff for me that that's been rebooted that I loved as a kid just doesn't fill whatever nostalgia enjoyment factor that was, that was there when I was a child. Or a teenager.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: because the, the only things I want really is Pinky and the Bane, Slappy the Squirrel, and Real Immorality. Morality. The rest of that I don't give a shit. Those are the only so
1: far. I sadly have not seen any Wheel of Morality or Slappy Squirrel. So far, all I've seen is Yakko, Wacko, and Dot and Pinky and the Brain. Now that's not to say that they won't be bringing them back. It's just to say, I haven't seen them yet. So anybody
0: want to make a bet that tiny tune adventures are going to make a reboot sometime in the next year.
1: I I wouldn't be surprised.
2: I wouldn't be surprised either, but I certainly hope not because the amount of sanitation that show is going to have to go through in order to be, you know, okay for audiences now, (laughs) That's the that's the thing about rebooting stuff from the '90s is you have to now filter it through the lens of the '2010s, and those shows were very much products of their time. Oh yeah, and yeah. and yeah, you know, is that, I mean, The Simpsons should have died fifteen years ago,
1: and they're still. Uh, they pretty the much same. did die fifteen years ago, and I'm. <laughs> uh, I am a big fan of The Simpsons. I. Love the Simpsons. I've probably forgotten more about the Simpsons than you've ever than Anyone you've ever met. Probably. Yeah. Back in 2003, 2004 is when the Simpsons actually died. Mm -hmm. And they try to bring it back, which is great. But when they fired Matt Groening the first time, the Simpsons went to shit. (coughs) Literally Completely. And then they try yeah. to bring it back, and they were kind of successful in that, but not to the point of what it used to be before. Before they fired Matt Groening, and they've even sanitized it too, like you said, is they've kind of cut back on most of the jokes and all the crap, and yeah. Well, like I mean, like Matt
0: said, it, it's really hard to view stuff with modern sensibility, and a lot of stuff from I would say even like 2000 and past would be really hard to watch with modern sensibilities, just because modern. Like little innocuous jokes would just set people on fire, just from their, their how pissed off they would be. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised nobody's I mean, marching against Disney for some of the shit they put in their cartoons back in the '90s.
2: Well, I mean, when I mean Disney has more money than God, so nobody really cares.
0: <laughs> I I would I'm 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 still waiting for them to do something because apparently nobody can get past. Um, Everybody, for some reason, listens to uh, a bunch of pissed off people on Twitter because apparently people on Twitter control everything like they have the run, the one ring or something because everybody freaks out over Twitter. You hear it on the news and you hear it on like board reports. It's it's fairly amazing how people dance to Twitter's tune or the psychos on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, God, I'm trying to think of what cartoons I want to see him reboot Frequizoid just cause I think it'd be hilarious to watch him try to do that in, in a modern way.
2: Cause that, if, if I, if I was going to do one to have them try and make it less absurd, it would be Rocco's modern life.
0: <laughs> I, the, I, I wonder how they would redo that. That would be interesting. I, the only thing I hate about modern cartoons when they remake it, I've seen clips of the new Animaniacs, but I hate some of the modern art styles they do. Some of them have, like, Disney's done, like, Mickey cartoons in almost the Ren and Stimpy-esque animation style, which just drives me up a fucking wall. It's just gross. Yeah. Um, And I'm super picky about animation style. Like, there's just stuff that I just really dislike. Going yeah. on. Oh, um, Ren and Stimpy, for one, <laughs> I hate that art style, always have. The new DuckTales,
1: I think, are hideous. Um, I haven't even bothered with the new DuckTales.
0: There was a cartoon of, I don't know if any of you guys remember this. you ever remember the Problem Child movies with John Ritter? Yeah. There was a cartoon of that, and it was super lazy animation. It was just this ugly... It might have been done in an early version of Flash or Microsoft Paint. I have no idea, but it was just, it was hideous. Um, I'm a giant fan of Rankin and Bass animation styles, so I can deal with like funk, especially when you're talking about like the 70s funk, 80s funk. Um, like uh, Last Unicorn is really right, uh, is the Rankin and Bass kind of, that's within their wheelhouse and their cartoons. They've done other stuff, but. That's kind of my favorite style they, that in general,
1: I couldn't get into the ranking and bass stuff either. I last unicorn. Us, what was that? You, you had to do a couple of them in RFR, but just
0: not my thing. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I, I think you just have to, I think it's kind of, um, Oh, what is it? I, it's, I think it's like trauma. It has to be something you're into, <laughs> I think to really dig. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, I'll give you that. You brought up trauma. I'll, I'll give you the fact that, yeah, it's not everybody's cup of tea, man.
0: <laughs> well, because, like, for, for example, like The Last Unicorn, one of the reasons that got me in the first time was, I was, it's like midway through, and all of a sudden I heard the band America. It's like, okay. So that got me hooked. And then I saw the animation, and it's within that, because they're the same people that did the original Hobbit cartoon in the 70s, and I love that style. It's a very stylized 70s. Um And it just got me hooked. And so I started watching more. I mean, of course, Rankin and Bass did the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, claymation stuff, which is a giant. I love that. It's one of my favorite holiday things.
1: Yeah. I I don't know. I just never really got into that type of stuff. I I tried. You know, I watched it all when I was a kid. But then I just, growing up, it was kind of more, I don't know if I was gonna be in any animation styles more kind of Looney Tunes esque stuff and not so much the surrealist type things or the abstract stuff. Like kind of like Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy to me was like abstract cartooning. It wasn't really good and it wasn't really like completely terrible, but it was. There were times that it got to the point that it's like, this is making me sick to my stomach watching this.
0: Yeah, that's what I always thought it it's was like gross. giving me
1: motion sickness.
0: On the other hand, I was I, I really liked most of MTV's liquid television when it was on back in the day. They had some amazing stuff, like Eon uh, Flux.
1: Yeah, so I was watching something about, or I saw an article on Facebook recently about Eon Flux and, and that it was, um, that they were saying that it kind of killed that type of animation on MTV and made a, what was it? It was like something like it made the generations after it, like really confused as to what the hell was going on. And I'm like, I wasn't bothered by that actually. How
0: was anybody confused by Eon Flux? It was a very simple, something happened, she dies next episode. She's back. It's I I don't, that's confusing to me.
1: I don't know. However, it I was did just saying that it like traumatized a bunch of people. And I'm like, how did that traumatize people? I actually kind of like the show.
0: Anybody watch, I uh, was it IRL or whatever it was called back in the nineties. Now that was traumatizing. Um, <laughs> a bunch of shitty music that I would have never listened to most of it. Um, <laughs> and I'm not like a music snob, but I'm not really a pop guy unless it's the like 60s I pop. I
1: really enjoyed traumatizing people with was having them watch there since we're talking about mtv and kind of like the traumatization that came from some of the things is to have them watch the and it wasn't the worst music video out there by the way people Uh Oh. living on the edge aerosmith's music video I, remember I don't know that. why that traumatized people that I, you know, later on when I was like, oh, they're, they're talking about weird videos and stuff. And I'm like, here's one you guys should, can watch. And the only reason I did it was because there's that one section where uh, Steven Tyler is completely naked except for being, you know, like kind of drawn on had some body art going on and his hands are covering his penis <laughs> as he's singing. And that's like the one part I always wanted to really screw with people on. Cause it comes out of nowhere. But Cause it's like seeing watch that whole thing. They're like, what the hell did I just watch? And I'm like, it's not that weird of one. <laughs> well, let's be honest. It's
0: like watching being grandma, being naked. Um, it's like, it's like making what my, one of my favorite movies to fuck with people with is, um, the crying game.
1: Cause, okay. if it, cause,
0: cause, if you're not paying attention to the movie at all or if you've never seen the movie Stargate, it's really surprising. And all of a sudden at the end, you have this giant schwanz, And it's just people's reaction is hilarious. Um, <clears throat> our dearly departed friend, Jeff Michael, his favorite movie to ha- mess with people's mind was um, A Human Centipede. Mm-hmm. He literally told me one day we were hanging out. It's like, I want people, to I want as many people as I know to watch Human Centipede. And I I remember saying, why would you do that? He said, I want people to be as messed with, uh, horrified as I was in that movie. And it was just, it always made me laugh because he kept trying to get me to watch it. It's like, dude, you're you're better off getting anybody else to watch it. There's not a chance in hell. I know what the movie's about.
1: You know, I've watched it. I've watched Let me see. I'm trying to think. I haven't watched them all, but I've watched quite a few of them and they're really nothing like traumatizing or, or disturbing. It's it's more annoying to be honest. You know, I mean, yeah, the whole concept of it all is, is disturbing and yeah, I guess you could kind of figure out how to make that actually work, you know, with some weird science crap. But honestly, the movie was more annoying than anything else. It wasn't scary. It wasn't traumatizing. It was annoying. If you want a movie that will actually disturb you. Tusk. No, a Siberian movie. Oh yeah. 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 If you want a disturbing movie, you can watch that one because now I actually saw a post on Facebook and I usually don't comment on things about this, but there was a lady on there and it was talking about one of the scenes in a Siberian film. And she came on and commented and said that this movie should not exist. There should be no way anybody should ever be able to view this film. And she's never seen it, but this is her views and no one can change her mind. (laughs) And so I commented on it, and I said, okay, first of all, I said, this film should be viewed by people, not everyone, but I think it should be out there because one of the facts is that this film could actually really happen. I said, this is about snuff film porn, and this market actually is out there there are people that seek this out. And with the human trafficking problems all over the world, this film speaks to that because this probably happens to these people at times. Think and eight millimeters. Really that's the really disturbing thing about this film. Is that this could actually be a legitimate thing that has happened. I, yeah, I've eight millimeters, another one that you know, there's a lot of people that hate it and under disturbed by it but that's the point of it eight millimeter was
0: an amazing movie and i'm using amazing kind of like a little wishy-washy but because if i don't want to see the one james is talking about just because that one doesn't interest me eight millimeter there's an interesting scene where he's actually picking apart snuff scenes and he's there's this one particular scene that i'm talking about where he's like no 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 she's not dead because the guys the guy they're watching this video and the guy's like oh She's dead. And he's like, no, that was an actress from another movie. So they're actually, it's a search for a legitimate snuff film. Um, it's yeah. a Nicholas Cage movie. It's one of his better ones. And yes, I realize we're, we're talking about Nicholas Cage. One of his better ones, not saying much. Um, but it's a pretty damn good movie because he's had three good movies in my opinion. um, yeah.
1: Well, it's, and By the way, I'm not da- saying everybody should watch a Siberian <clears throat> film because not everybody should watch that movie because it is a very disturbing movie. But I'm just saying that it should not be censored just because people can't stand the content and what it's actually talking about. And it's not. And the other thing I want to <clears throat> say is it's not glamorizing any of it.
0: So. I, I guess the question for you is what's more graphic. If you want to compare graphic to graphic, the passion of the Christ or that movie just on scenes of graphic um, alone.
1: I would say this one.
0: Okay. Yeah. Cause the, the passion of the Christ, if, if if you've never seen it, it's a great movie by the way. Um, but it's really bl- brutal. It's one of the more brutal Christian films I've ever seen. So, um, that's always my comparison but, when people say, "Oh, it's I, you know."
1: I also, I also wouldn't compare the two naturally. Well, I no, mean. but but if you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna
0: compare it to movie, the reason I said that because everybody I, I know a lot of Christian fellow Christians like, "Oh, you got to see this movie." So I was gonna say it's comparing on the uh, the level of, "Oh, you got to see this." Oh, everybody should see this. I you can compare it that way because if you you know. You know, because it's the same That's not
1: thing. What I'm saying, I'm actually saying, not everyone should see this.
0: I don't think everybody should <laughs> see Passion what I'm of the. Saying. Well, I don't think everybody should see Passion of Christ either, because it's an incredibly brutal movie. Uh, if yeah, if true. you actually, it's it's one of the more real presentations of it, at least from what I've seen. Oh, talk about movies, and we're going to switch off. Kind of, I did hear that it was the Wonder Woman 1984 might go to streaming
2: it's going to go streaming and uh, theatrical release on Christmas day.
1: I'm quasi hoping that that's Wait, going to be the are new people standard. people actually going to be able to go to the theaters by this time. Not regal. Oh yeah. That's a, I'm just thinking that I'd, would be surprised that people are actually allowed to go to films.
0: It's got to be drive-in. It's got to be drive-in theaters. That's the only thing I could think of unless there's like, cause I know Texas for I've heard, isn't as stringent on something. So maybe it's places that, you know, aren't as crazy as California.
2: There's a, there's a, a couple, couple uh couple. Yeah. There's a, there's a few uh, theater chains that are open here. So, um, okay. yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're not as not as bad. I'm just pissed off because I'm not gonna be able to see Dune until next year. God damn it!
0: Yeah, that was <clears throat> that was the one movie I was super excited for it. We were actually talking about in the show a few months ago, because um, everybody on the show except me usually dislikes like the Dune, any variants mm-hmm. of the, the movie that's come around. If you talk about David Lynch's Dune, if you talk about the Sci Fi Channel Dune. Nobody pretty much likes it but me, so I was seriously excited once I saw it. Even though Batista's in it, which kind of bugs me. I, don't know, he's playing, I think nice. he's
2: playing the character that's right for him.
0: Who's he playing again?
2: He's playing uh, the. I forget. I forget the character's name, which completely destroys my nerd cred. But in uh, the Lynch movie, he was the guy with Harkonnen who wasn't staying.
0: So. Oh, uh, uh, Fade. Is uh, it Fade Rabuth? R- fade. No, that's that
2: Sting's character. Oh, then Raban. Um, the other, Yeah, the other guy.
0: By the way, I don't know how... I, actually, I do know how I've seen that. I've seen David Lynch's version of Dune a thousand times because it's one of my favorite movies. It's uh, so good. I love it. And I'm going to say this again just because I love the movie. The David Lynch versions of the Dune actually look how the book reads but does not actually go along with the plot as much. However, the sci-fi channel is almost verbatim from the book and looks like a high school play. So pick your poison on which one you want to watch. And by the way, the acting's about the same as a high school play in the sci-fi <laughs> channel one. Oh, look, there's a worm. <laughs> Walk without rhythm. Oh
2: no. Uh, oh yeah. I should say total disclosure. I'm actually wearing a chill shirt right now. So that tells you where my, my, <laughs> My everything, my, uh, loyalty lies. So,
0: okay. That's, that's, that's <laughs> badass. I didn't realize that we're doing shirts. Now I'm going to have to go find one. That's
2: <laughs> well, I gonna, I'll, I'll send you a link after, after we're done here. And, um, yeah, you're going to hate me for that. Cause all your money's going to go there.
0: Well, thankfully I'm married. So, it, uh, you know, I, there's, there's some, my wife is much better with money than I am. Shocking. Cause with the guy who has like 600 DVDs, I'm, I'm not bad with money. Am I? Um, <laughs> <laughs> on a dying format know. who's now collecting records. Just what I need, another hobby. Um... <clears throat> oh, the other one I was pissed out of is allegedly Ghostbusters. If I remember correctly, was supposed to come. I swear Ghostbusters was supposed to come out this year and now it's being pushed off to next year, I think, because of COVID.
1: It was supposed to come out in July. That's and what I thought. Is, yeah. There's been a lot of pushing forward and backwards on all this crap
0: however if if in theory if covid somehow is non-existent or if they come up with a viable uh, uh, solution that for people not to get sick next year could be an incredibly epic movie uh, release year considering there's at least three or four movies I really want to see which almost mm. never happens because <laughs> I'm totally jonesing for Dune and the new Ghostbusters because I I fucking love Ghostbusters.
1: Yeah. I was excited for Ghostbusters, but not like I'm going to be running out to the theater to see it. Excited. Um, Dune. I don't don't know if I'd run out to the theaters for that one either.
0: Oh, see, I want to, I want to do it for both. I saw Ghostbusters two in theater. Um, I didn't see Dune, by the way, I want to see David Lynch's version in theaters, but it'll never happen unless I rent a theater. Um,
2: Uh, there's a, there's actually a thing. There's, there's a thing out here in Austin that, uh, it's basically dudes who sit around and mock movies and they do Dune like every three or four months. And, um, they actually get, uh, Sean Young lives out here and they usually get her to join in on on the mocking. So that's pretty funny.
0: That's hilarious. Uh, Let's see. Man, I'm trying to figure out what movies are coming out. Oh, the one I'm interested to see what they do with since um The Black Panther, the gentleman who I can't remember his real name, but he passed away. I I can't wait to see how they play that off with a new Black Panther because allegedly there's going to be a new one that's they're going to start filming soon or going to be released in the next couple of years. I have a feeling it's going to be his sister, which may or may not be good.
2: Oh, uh, Chadwick Boseman is the actor's name.
0: That's it. So I was yeah, really bummed um, that he passed away. I I loved I liked that dude as an actor. He was he was pretty. He did he fit that character really well. He did a lot of really I good stuff did, I mean,
1: too. Yeah. I don't know. I just I don't have the desire to run out to the theaters anymore. Honestly. <laughs> I mean, I do. I would like to still, but I don't know. There's nothing out there that's been like uh, jaw dropping. I need to go see it. Um, I I think the epicness of movie theaters is just kind of done now for me. Yeah. I think the high prices, the, uh,
0: well, I I think for me (laughs) specifically (laughs) and for me in general, is I love sharing the movies and well, there, there'll always be movies. I think I want to see, but that, 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 Oh, I want to see it in theaters. is just not there. Like I want to see Dune in theaters really bad because I'm, I just love that universe and it's a great thing to geek out on ghostbusters. I've been a fan of since I was a little kid, even though ghostbusters too scared the shit out of me, mm-hmm. but in general, I don't know. I, I think I, I agree with James. It has to be something special to me to want to see it. And like unlike the 80s where like I was a big fan of action movies, there's not a lot of movies that just scream I got to see it because pretty much are you getting now is like tentpole movies. It's a a Marvel movie or a DC movie, which al- allegedly DC is going to be closing down sooner or sold off. Um or it's a Bond movie that quasi peaks my interest, but all Bond movies are the same, which isn't bad, but you know, after a while it, it gets a little old. Mm-hmm. I can't well,
2: wait. I, the, I think the only. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say the next Bond movie should be interesting.
2: Um, no Time to Die? I, I,
0: well, no, the one after that where they're, they're picking a female Bond. No,
2: uh, I, allegedly. I, don't, I honestly don't know if that's going to happen.
0: I'm looking forward. If they do do it, I, I want to see how they do it. Just because the one thing I kind of take a wrestling approach to movies is within that universe, it has to make sense. And a lot of movies no longer, they don't do that. And so mm-hmm. I, I want to see how they do it and it makes sense. And it shouldn't be too hard to do it. I just think they're going to be lazy because it's easier to be lazy in storytelling these days. Cause nobody cares as much. It seems like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I subscribe to the, to the idea that James Bond or double, yeah, James Bond isn't a man. It's an identity that MI6 gives
0: 007. See that, I don't like that. That bugs me. I, I like the, the 007 is the code name and they'll just pick whoever, you know, because the only problem, because yeah. I like that because 007 can be a woman, it could be a man, it could be white, black, Asian. It doesn't matter where James Bond, because of the previous movies and, and Sean Connery, it's a very specific image of a person in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. white British dude versus, Oh, this is, uh, you know, Mr. Chadwick. He's 007. I would totally be down with that if they did it.
2: Oh, appropriately. No, I, think, I, I think you may have mis misunderstood what I, what I meant is like, it's like not, it's like, like it, it doesn't matter who double Oh seven is. They're always going to be James Bond. It doesn't matter who oh. plays him. That that's what I mean. And that's what it, cause they, they kind of have little nods at that in different bond films. like, I think in The Living Daylights, uh, Timothy Dalton makes a little little joke. He's like, oh, the other guy didn't have to deal with this bullshit um, kind of thing. And it, it also would make sense because you had M played by
0: multiple people in mo- or the same person, multiple Bond bonds. But uh, M. Judy Dench played for two. But M so. was always a code name, though. I mean, I don't. I just don't like James Bond. The name James Bond. I don't like that being a code name. But that's just me. I'd rather have sure. 007 be the code name, and then they can pick whatever for the yeah, name. Yeah, no, I, I hear that. I, that's just me, because I just when you mention James Bond, I'm always thinking, you know, Pierce Brosnan or a uh, Sean Connery or some of the, the the past guys. But I think with a woman, I think it's the best way to do it. Because I think it's going to change, and this is the only reason I say this. Because I think it's easier and story wise than saying, "Oh, you're going to have a a black dude be the new James Bond." When it's a completely different, it's a different gender. You can pick the the person of color or not. I think it's going to be an easier device so people don't actually freak out. So later Mm -hmm. on, if they choose a black guy, I think it's easier to tell. Because I think when you have movie movie purists, especially people who are James Bond fans, I think they're going to care less. Because once you break that down, I don't think it's ever going to be an issue again.
1: hmm I hear that. We'll see. You know, I, I'm one of those who could care less, honestly. <laughs> I really am. Yeah. I mean, it's... I, I don't know. I'm not one of those purists who's going to get butt hurt whether or not it's a male or a female. female. Um, <clears throat> I'm not saying that, you know, to me, as I said with your dad the other week, it's, it's like Dr. Who to me. It doesn't matter to me who it is, as long as it's, you know, a well-played character and the role and story fit. If it doesn't, Then, yeah, I'm going to be kind of like, well, this is a stupid waste of my time. And that's why I rarely want to run out to the theater for anything is because to me. My time has become valuable if I want to go to a theater to see a film, I want it to be one of like an epic like I want it to be like something that you need to see on the big screen like Jurassic Park. Or Mm -hmm. the original Star Wars, like the original Star Wars, when you're sitting in the theater and Han Solo's flying the Falcon and you get engrossed in it, your stomach goes with the plane. Like I remember when I saw the, what was it? I think it was episode five and Han Solo's taking the plane and jumping it into the worm your stomach kind of drops when he goes up and down and shoots right into the asteroid because you're so engrossed in the film. It's not because the seats are moving. there were They didn't have seats that were moving in the theater I watched it in at the time, but that's kind of where I'm at on it. And to see the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park on the big screen, like that was awesome. That's yeah, the type of that thing cool. that I want to see when I go to the theater, I don't just want to see, sit there and watch some, you know, action film that once I'm done, I'm like, okay, that was a good movie, but was it really worth $20 Well, to that's sit in a theater to see? And yeah, I get it. It's the experience, but I want to experience something that's actually epic. Well, that's one of the on reasons, the
0: that's one of the reasons why I've kind of approached things as the wrestling, you know, I, I kind of approach thing as the old wrestling. Because if you're a fan of wrestling, within the universe of wrestling, everything has to make sense. There's a reason. The way it's done properly is every hold has a reason, every shortcut. Everything has a sense of why. And to me, that kind of informs my opinion of movies. Like for James Bond, okay, why is James Bond a different person? Or why is James Bond's 007 a woman? Or why are the dinosaurs walking? There has to be a specific reason because otherwise... I'm going to be making that up and it's going to kill the movie because the whole time I'm going to be picking it apart, Mm -hmm. which is kind of what you're saying, right, James? Yeah. Context is king.
1: Yeah. Eric Bischoff.
0: Um, Yeah, because I think, I don't know, it seems to me there was a lot of lazy storytelling in the 80s. But man, does it seem like storytelling is either going to it's either like super minutiae or fucking awful. I, I don't see a lot of stuff nowadays that I've seen that is just in the middle of the right amount of story, because to me, the butter zone is there's enough story to get you there and just lack of story for you to make it up, like how you get there, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, well, this can yeah. go to what I was kind of saying earlier about the Animaniacs, since Hollywood's ran out of ideas. But have they, I guess I was, so isn't that kind
0: of always, though? I mean, they've there's been like a, there's been a half a dozen Counting Monte Christos or the Three Musketeers. I mean, hasn't that, hasn't there always been reboots of things and we just, it's not something yeah. we were necessarily cognizant
1: of? Yeah, I guess so. But I, I mean, I feel like there was, maybe it's because we're more into the digital age and a lot of films, movies and studios have gone to streaming. Maybe that's why it is because there's a crap ton of films that are being released on streaming weekly that are new films that are out there. I mean, even Jackie Chan, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. um, uh, Why am I drawing a blank on his name? Pierce Bronson or Brosnan, um, all these guys have films that have gone straight to streaming. I, it also – And prob- maybe that's why we're not seeing it so much in the theaters now.
0: I would say it also – uh, I would also tie that into – and, and I'll, I'll let Matt speak. I also think that's also the buried – I end. kind of jumped on him. Sorry,
1: Matt. <laughs> no, no, it's all good.
0: I was going to say I also think that has to do with a barrier to entry is like a 4K camera, for example, is stupid cheap. Now that nobody does film whatsoever, besides maybe Tarantino, you can make movies all day long and it's, it's super cheap.
2: Yeah. Matt could be it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One of, one of the things I always, I always look for is, well, I'll, I'll just, I'll say this just to jump back to people. Like there's, there's movies I need to go see in a theater Honestly, the only two people that are going to make me go, I got to go fucking see this in a theater, is Christopher Nolan and and Denis Villeneuve because the yeah. way that they shoot their films is is tailor made for a big screen. I mean, Nolan still shoots on IMAX film, so Fair. that's a yeah, that's and that's big. And I love the way they do their cinematography and stuff. If, if I didn't see Interstellar in the theater, <laughs> I don't think I would have liked it as much as I do. And I love that movie.
0: Um, I can I like see that. I can totally see that I would, I, for me, it also, that used to be Cameron and the, the Peter Jackson up until the Hobbit movies. And when mm-hmm. I got kind of really pissed off with the technicolor rainbow, then I'll, I was like, I'll just watch the rest of his shit in DVD. <laughs> right. Matter of fact, I'll catch it on ABC. I get the abridged version. There you go.
2: Um, one of the things I was going to say too, when it comes to like just, I don't want to say ideas, but just the way films are written nowadays, I I hate it. And one of my favorite, honestly, writers, and some people don't really think much about it because it's South Park, but Trey Parker, um, the way he writes, and and I, I don't know if you guys ever saw the Six Days to Air documentary, but the way he does his thing, he goes, he goes, if I write a scene, I like to replace ands with buts or therefores. So he, he goes, you're writing a scene, and it's like this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. But the way I do it is this happens, therefore this happens, but this happens. And he says it makes for more interesting writing. And, I mean, I, I am very much in agreement.
0: That that totally makes sense. I also kind of, and this may be a total non sequitur, I think mm-hmm. what kind of kills storytelling in modern movies is, and, and television and everything is everything now has to be episodic nothing is standalone anymore and i think i personally think that's kind of killing franchises when you you know like terminator 2 for example the first one and the second one are standalone movies but there's tie-ins to both of them but now every little detail in the movie has to mean something for this thing to mean something instead of going okay this was a one-off it doesn't have to mean anything and i i i do think that's killing originality because everybody's looking for cool, this made it. Let's pump off another sequel, get a couple, another, you know, extra two or three hundred million out of it. And it really bothers me a lot. Yeah. Which is one of yeah. the reasons why we here at Old Guy Tech TV always support local, independent filmmakers. And I give a shout out to these guys every time because the, the, the guys, I really legitimately like the guy. Um, shout out to Shunk Films. Um, I've never seen a short film the guys made that I haven't liked, so. <clears throat> <clears> How? <throat> I mean every every time I every time I give the shout out to the guy I think he's always surprised cuz I I truly I really do dig the, the the guy's filmmaking. Um and we're we're coming up to a hard break, uh, the hard end of the show. So is there any I'm trying to think since Thanksgiving's coming up, I guess we should end on a positive note. What are you guys thankful this for this year? I don't have a cricket uh, sound effect. Oh, actually I do. <laughs>
2: um, I honestly, uh, I was able to I, I ended up taking some time for myself after I quit a job earlier this year and kind of freaked out for a bit, but now I'm like at a job that I really like, which is good. Um, and they kind of care about us, which is really awesome because I'm not used to working at a place where people are like, Oh yeah, you're actually people. Um, Congratulations. You know, and, Thanks. I appreciate that. And, um, you know, being able to do a couple, a couple, you know, still playing some music, even even though it's online, it's still like, Hey, we're still playing, which is fun. Uh,
0: James.
1: Um, I don't know. I I haven't really thought about it this year. I guess, uh, that I still have a job and a place to live. (laughs) That's
0: about it. I well definitely that. I, I would, you know, I've got a roof over my head. My son has uh, food in his belly. I would also say for me that I still have an amazing chance to do uh podcasting with some of my best friends. Um James I've known for over twenty years. Ryan probably a little under that. Um never thought I would be doing this, even if we do it for fun. And I we do get recognition from time to time, but Um, doing the mad trio and real flicks reviews have been some of the funnest times I've had in the last 10 plus years. Um, and it's, it's great to meet new people like Matt and we've had some old friends of mine and old friends of James is on the show. And it's something that at least I, I know for myself, hopefully we continue to do for a long period, you know, for an extended, you know, as long as we can, because this is, this has been a blast. Um, as long as they never have to watch the fucking movie DOS boat ever again, because <laughs> you all never let it fucking go. Um, Oh my God, I'm still getting shit six years later. Whenever we watch that fucking movie. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end this show to quote James Stevens, Nazi must Nazis must die. So ladies and gentlemen for the mad trio podcast,